Hey everyone, Nathan here. I wanted to apologize for not getting this episode out until now. Um, there was a little more editing involved that couldn't happen until the event was recorded on Thursday evening. So it was late anyway, um, and then I had some extra editing to do. So uh, without further ado, here is our latest episode. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the My College Story podcast. I am Miranda Davis. And I'm Brian Motto. And we are the College Advising Office, and this week is our 30th episode. Did you know that? I didn't. That's actually pretty good. Right? 30 episodes. That's a lot. Ooh, we thought 20 was a lot. <laughs> All right. So this week, we are, it's, we're doing a recording of our freshman college night, freshman sophomore mm -hmm. college night this year. Um, and we are going to be playing the GPA game, and we wanted to share that with everyone because we think it's a great activity that we do every year. So tell us, what is the GPA game, Brian? So it was created a long time ago. Actually, I don't know when it was created, but um, the goal of, of the activity is to um, help people understand that it's the college admission process is more than just a number, yeah. right? It's more than just the GPA. There's so much more that goes into it. So we will use the game as, as our guide to, to give our families and students the information that they need to understand again, that yes, GPA is, is extremely important, but there is so much more that goes into it. Yeah. And so the game just helps everybody understand it. Yeah. It's a great, I think I used the word vehicle the other day. It's a great vehicle to then explain more and T touch on topics that we get questions about all the time and that we want to make sure and portray to our parents and students what's important, what do we need to focus on, what's not necessarily important. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so to tonight is the freshman sophomore college night. We're going to be playing the GPA game. So I hope you enjoy that recording with uh, me and Mr. Motto and Mr. Motto's cold, deep voice. Very sultry. Very sultry this week. Um, so, all right, that is um, what we're doing today. So enjoy today's recording. Nathan's on the phone, not even listening. Good evening. Can you guys, can everybody hear me? You want to do a sound check? Can, can you hear you? me? Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you to Nathan down there for running our sound tonight. Um, appreciate it, Nathan. Above and beyond the call of duty, so. Um, it, it is lovely to see you guys. Uh, I'm really sorry we couldn't do this last year for you sophomores that are here. Uh, and for you freshmen, welcome to Beginning Your Story. My name is Brian Motto, and I am one of two counselors in the College Advising Office. I'm Miranda Davis, the other counselor. So guys, we will be with you every step of this journey. Um, I saw a few veteran parents walk in who've been through this process before. So if you guys have any words of wisdom throughout the night, parents, please feel free to chime in. Um, but we are doing something new tonight for this program. And so uh, in the past, we're not changing the, the name of the program. It's beginning your story. And so why beginning your story? Students, you guys are writing a story right now. Uh, a, a hypothetical story that eventually you guys will be presenting to the college admission offices, okay? And that story involves all the choices you make from the classes that you take to the extracurriculars you're involved in to uh, those great choices you're making on the weekends. 
All of those things add up and uh, eventually will be presented to a college admission office in the form of an application, right? Your story. And so tonight, we are going through beginning that story. Sophomores, you guys have had a year uh, jump on the process. Um, but freshmen, we want to make sure that we make sure this message comes through loud and clear. And parents, as we go through the night, please just let us, just if you have a question, just raise your hand, okay? So to start, we need nine volunteers to sit right here and to hold a card. The only, the only thing you need to be able to do is sit and read and read and follow directions. Hmm. I may knock out a few. Come on, two more. Come on, guys, two more. Two more. Possible, we house, got it. possible All right. house points if you help. Miss okay. White. Miss White. Can we give house points to our volunteers? House points for the volunteers. All right. Okay, guys, so here is our applicant pool. I don't know, is it a Motley Crue or not? I don't know. I, but um, so we are playing what's called the GPA game, okay? And it's also known as the great sorting game. Um, I've always called it the GPA game. As you can see, each of our applicants is holding a GPA. And on the back of their GPAs are some comments that Miss Davis is going to read. And as we go through each comment, we are going to make some other, um, some other, give you some other thoughts to go along with those. But they're going to start to reorder themselves based on those comments that Miss Davis makes. Attributes. Okay? Attributes. Attributes. Characteristics, better words. Words are going to be hard for me tonight. That's why I have this. Um, so within, after each, after each um, comment, we're going to reorder. We'll talk a little bit, and then we'll keep going. Okay? So again, as questions arise, please, parents, students, don't hesitate to raise your hand. So without any further ado. Okay. Has everyone read their comments on the back of their cards? 4.0 all the way down to 3.2. Okay. If you have taken an exceptionally strong academic program, stand up and move that way two spots. So if it says you've taken an exceptionally strong academic, everyone's got to move down. Yep, so keep moving down then. All right, those two move down. Oh, wait, nope, nope, nope. all the way up, all the way up, all the way up. Just two spots. Oh, two spots, I'm sorry. Was he here? I'm sorry. Here, switch. Yep. There's a switch. There you go. Okay, sorry. So, guys, as you can see, so the comment was... Exceptionally strong academic program. If you have taken an exceptionally strong academic program, those two students immediately moved up in the process two spots. So basically what the colleges are looking for is they are looking, we send, with every application we send to a college, we send what's called a school profile. And on that profile, if they don't already know us, which fortunately for us, many schools do, but if they don't know us, what they're going to do is they're going to look at our curriculum. They're going to look at the advanced placement courses we offer, the honors courses we offer, and they're going to see what kind of rigor the student has taken at All Saints. Now, what I want to be very clear about this. We want our students to challenge themselves appropriately. Students, if you're not an AP or honor student, guys, that's fine, but we still want you to be challenged. You need to be working hard in class. If you are coasting through with a 96 and not doing anything in a regular level class, 
you need to bump up, okay? But if you're, I mean, if you're working hard to get a 92 or 93 in an upper level class, you're challenged appropriately, okay? So parents, this is where you guys come in. You guys need to be aware of how hard your student is working uh, at home, right? If they're pulling their hair out just to maintain a 90, we might need to rethink where, what level we're at, okay? Um, so challenge yourself appropriately, but be challenged, okay? Colleges will look for that rigor in the course selection. All right, let's try this differently. Boys, stand up, volunteers. Stand, everybody, stand, there we go. Okay, if you play the oboe or the viola, move up one. Now you can sit. Good job. Okay, so special talents. We'll, we'll chalk this one up to special, ta ta special talents, excuse me. Um, guys, every college has specific needs, okay? Our college today, we need, what was it, oboe and viola? Mm -hmm. We need an oboe and we need a viola player, okay? So those two students bumped up one in our process because, dang it, our orchestra needs those two instruments. Um, I worked at Butler University in Indianapolis for a few years, and we had an amazing college of fine arts. Um, our ballet program was actually one of the top collegiate ballet programs in the country. And so this absolutely happened. If we needed, there was one year where we needed, we needed a male ballet dancer. And I'm telling you, as long as that kid could have spelled the word cat, he was probably getting into Butler. Um, if he could dance and spell the word cat, he was gonna get in. And so you never know what a college needs, okay? So special talents. So that could be musical, that could be athletic, et cetera. Um, but they're looking for fit, and sometimes fit is based on the school's needs. All right, stand, gentlemen. If you clearly stated that this college was your first choice by making an early decision application and commitment, move up two spots. Great job. You may sit. All right, so early decision. Um, for you parents who have been through this before, you probably remember us talking about this. There are multiple types of decision deadlines that a student may apply for. One of them is called early decision. So this student is making an early decision commitment to our school. And what that means is he is saying, if I'm admitted, I am coming to your school. You can only apply to one school under that deadline. Okay, we won't let you apply to more. It's, it's against our, I guess, our moral and ethical uh, counselor codes. Um, but early decision can raise a student's chances of gaining admission. As we've gone through this pandemic, we have seen especially more of the selective schools take a bigger percentage of their freshman class in that early decision pool. Okay, some of the Ivy Leagues are taking upwards of 50% of their incoming fresh, freshman class from that, in, from that early decision pool. So you can, if a school sa says our overall admit rate is 10%, but if you break it down and you look at their, just their early decision admit rate, it might be 18 or 19%. So again, still not a great admit rate, but better than 10, okay? 
So if a student feels very strongly about a university and wants to do early decision, and that school offers early decision, that is something we can talk about, and it probably, again, will give your student a little better chance of, of gaining admission. All right, gentlemen, all rise. All right, make sure you hold up your sign so everyone can see what GPA you are, okay? All right, if your intended major is psychology or pre-med, move down one spot. <laughs> Have a seat. Spot. One, one spot, two. One spot. One spot, sorry. Okay, you guys, may, have a seat. You may sit. Thank you. So choosing a major. Guys, we obviously, students, we want you guys to, to choose what you would like to study, right? We don't want you to game, quote unquote, game the system and try to pick some obscure major out there. But psychology, um, pre-med, guys, that's, I mean, you look at schools, that's a, a big chunk of people coming in, okay? And so again, that can end up making that particular pool a little bit more competitive. And so, again, students, we want you to, to decide what to major in based on your passions, right? What those things that have been ignited during your time here at All Saints. But we don't want you to go pick, say, uh, I don't even know, Russian literature because the admit percentage at the school you really want to go to is really high in Russian literature because last year they graduated their only major. Things like that, okay? So that's why, that's why the movement is on that one. All right, y'all ready? Stan. Okay. Eventually we'll get there when you can read my mind. Okay, if you, your intended major is Greek, move up two spots. <laughs> Great job, have a seat. So again, it works the other way too, right? If, if you truly have an interest in something that is unique, it can help. Okay, it can help. So just using some of our in-state schools as examples, right? UT and A&M, two of the best colleges in the country. There are certain majors at each school that are more competitive than others, right? So business at both, Mays and Macombs, the engineering programs, the computer science programs. Guys, it's like applying to those programs at those schools. It's like trying to get into an Ivy League school, okay? So be careful when you guys are looking at an overall admit rate. If you look at Texas A&M's overall admit rate or UT's overall admit rate, it might be at a certain level, but within a certain school, it might be a little lower depending on your major, okay? All right, stand, great job. All right, if you do not know any of your teachers well and had trouble finding someone to write your college recommendation, move down two. <laughs> Okay, guys, you can sit. All right, so students, the lesson here, talk to your teachers, get to know us. We are eventually going to have to write your letters of recommendation, okay? You automatically get one from our office. So you're all gonna get one from the college advising office. But almost every other, or every other application is gonna require students to get two letters of recommendation from teachers. Give us a chance to get to know you. Okay, so don't shy away from challenges. Fail forward. Don't be afraid to take those risks and then learn from your mistakes, okay? Guys, failing is not the end of the world. It is not gonna keep you, well, if you fail too much, it might keep you from getting into college, but failing once is not going to be the end of the world, okay? Embrace failures as an opportunity. 
Learn for the sake of learning, not for a grade. Guys, it's not about the number. I can get a 98 and memorize everything and forget everything tomorrow, okay? Learn for the sake of learning. Process, not product, okay? Ask questions. And then the last one is be an independent thinker, okay? Guys, learn to think for yourselves, okay? I love when everybody collaborates together, but make sure you are forming your own thoughts about things. Parents, you all have a sheet that I would like to reference at this time. The one with the check boxes. This is the teacher recommendation form from the common application. Okay, so when a teacher fills out a letter of recommendation for the student, they check these boxes. So students, I wanna to read to you guys what some of the characteristics the colleges are looking for. Certainly they look for academic achievements, but then the next one, intellectual promise, the quality of writing, creative thought, productive discussion, faculty respect, disciplined habits, maturity, motivation, leadership, integrity, going back to the failures here, reaction to setbacks, your concern and empathy for others, your self-confidence, your initiative, that being that independent thinker. Guys, those are the characteristics that teachers then are looking at for you guys when they do letters of recommendation. And they're certainly characteristics that colleges take into account, okay? So be thinking about that starting now. If you're not doing some of those things the way you think you should be, let's get on it, okay? But let us, let your teachers into your world a little bit so we can get to know you so when it comes time to write that letter of recommendation, we can nail it. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> All right. If when you were writing your college essay, you forgot to change the name of the college you were applying to, <laughs> move down four spots. <laughs> so, Kiblinger applied to Samford, but he put Stanford. Mm. And so, Samford decided that he needed to be bumped down a little bit. Now, so when we proof, that's one of the reasons, guys, we proof everything that comes through our office. So our job is to catch that. Mm -hmm. um, but we encourage the students not to, not to mention a specific college in their essays for this specific reason, okay? It's happened one time in my career, and fortunately I can say that student did not allow me to read his essay before he sent it. Uh, it went to Cal Berkeley, and the school he referenced was UCLA. And I just went, fortunately, he was a good enough student that they overlooked it, but we don't want that to happen. So guys, proofread your essays and let us read everything before you send it. All right. If you are a legacy, move up two. All right, have a seat. Okay, so a legacy. For those of you that don't know what that means, a legacy would mean that these students have either parents or grandparents who attended our school, okay? It's usually not extended to aunts, uncles, cousins, best friend's dog, things like that, right? It is usually direct descendants. So mom, dad, grandparents typically are what is considered legacy. 
Schools, a lot of times, depending on the school, will take this into account. And again, you can see that our school uh, values legacy relationships. And so we gave them a little bit of a bump in the process. There are schools in this state, <clears throat> UT and A&M, they don't care because their alumni base is so big that if they gave every legacy a bump who was applying, they would have 30,000 freshman, uh, 30, freshman students, right? Un undoable. So our school values it, and we, with our population, we can, uh, we can account for that in our process. All right. <clears throat> Great job. If you did not write the optional essay for your application, move down one. Down one. All right, guys, have a seat. Math's hard. All right, have a seat, guys. Okay, so guys, optional. So students, let me ask you a question. How many of you play sports? Okay, so the coach says optional workouts start next week. How optional are those? Not very optional, right? Okay, you're kind of being voluntold to be there, right? Okay, so optional on an application. Guys, if we will be the first ones to tell you, if you guys are an automatic admit somewhere, then the optional thing does not need to be done. But if you are, we'll, you guys will see, we'll classify schools for students based on GPA and test scores, assuming they're applying using test scores, and we'll get to that later. But anyway, schools have what they call a mid-50% range of their admits, where 25% are higher than, say, a 3.5, uh, depending on the school, and 25% are lower than a 3.0. But 50% of their admits, say, fall between a 3.0 and a 3.5, okay? And if you're on that borderline, or really in that range at all, if there's something optional, we want you guys to do it. Go above and beyond. Show them that you are willing. Show them that you, it shows the school that you really want them. Okay, so optional doesn't necessarily mean optional. All right. <clears throat> We're catching on. We'll get there. All right. If the topic of your essay was what I learned from sports, move down one. <laughs> so appropriate. I like it. All right. All right. Have a seat, guys. All right, let's see those hands again. How many of you play sports? We can all write that essay, right, guys? Okay, so essay topic is important. We do, again, uh, we do essay workshops for the students. We do our best to help them find something that they can write about that they are passionate about. It will come across in their essays. So eventually, students, you guys will get there on the essays. Um, but sports are typically a thing that unless you present it really well, we do our best to avoid because, again, like you saw all the hands, almost everybody can do it, okay? But only a few really do it well. So the essay is the one place in the application in today's world where the student can really um, stand out. They can, they can separate themselves from another applicant, right? A student, there are lots of students that apply with a 3.9 and good test scores, and maybe similar activities on a resume. But that essay is the one place then that they can separate themselves. So we'll do a lot of work on the essay, okay? And especially students, if we continue in the world that we're in with test optional admission, the essay becomes even that much more important. Okay? All right. All right. 
If you wrote the essay of the year, you know, the one that was passed around the entire admission office because it was so remarkable, move up three spots. <laughs> Great job. Hey, so this just shows the essay can be very powerful. Um, my, my personal example of this, I had that essay at Butler, not me personally. It was in my, uh, in my application reviews. And the student wrote an essay and compared his life to his 1983 Toyota Camry and all the dents and the dings along the way. And he told a story as it went. So the story was about his life, but it was about the stupid car. And I'm telling you, it was phenomenal. <laughs> and I don't even remember what kind of student he was. We admitted him, I know that. Um, but the essay, everybody in the office knew about the essay. Okay? So the essay can be that powerful. All right. <clears throat> If you plagiarized an AP American History paper and got caught, leave because you're entirely out of the running. <laughs> Come on, Doc. What kind of? What are you doing? <laughs> All right. So, um, colleges do ask us. In, our, in the counselor report that we submit to colleges about students' behavior, disciplinary issues, okay? And obviously, we're not gonna lie to them. So, that being said, we talked about independent thinking earlier, guys. Plagiarism, huge, huge deal. We do have an honor code here. You guys all know that. You guys have all signed it. So make sure your work is your work, okay? Um, this, is a, this is a huge deal. Um, had a student apply to Duke in 07 and didn't even know she was applying to Duke. Get a phone call from their office of admission. They said, did you read her essay? I said, I didn't even know she applied. They sent me her essay. It is verbatim taken from the internet. It wasn't even a second, there wasn't even a second uh, argument there. They were like, we're withdrawing her application, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, Guys, you gotta be careful with that, okay? Any questions on that? Pretty cut and dry. All right. All right. There we go. We're getting there. Okay. If you will be first in your family to attend college, move up two spots. <laughs> okay, guys, so this is called first generation. And colleges are looking for all types of diversity, including students who will be the first in their, in their families to go to college. So students, if you are the first in your families, uh, families to go to college, let us know. But anymore, it is a question on the application, okay? So all types of diversity, um, colleges definitely want to make sure that everybody, everybody is represented, They're, that the community of learners on their campus is representative of our country, okay? All right, next up. I use the word up, try to give them a clue. Okay, if you participate, if you, sorry, let me start over. If you participated in an, in an enriching summer program between your junior and senior years, move up two spots. There you go. <laughs> Sit on the floor over there, Hudson. <laughs> All right, so students. It doesn't just have to be between junior and senior year. We would actually prefer it happen earlier than that. But summer is an amazing opportunity to make yourself better, okay? 
Um, so what does that look like? We don't expect you guys to go out and, and the, the joke I make is cure cancer or invent the longer lasting light bulb, okay? That's, we're not expecting you to go out and do something that extreme, okay? But colleges wanna see that you are growing and learning. So take that opportunity to get better. Obviously, it's summer, use that time to vacation a little bit, decompress a little bit, but do things that you can't normally do during the school year, right? You have time in the summer to do things that during the school year you just don't have time to do. Between studies, practice, whatever, you can't do some of those things that maybe you have a passion for. So go do those in the summer, okay? This, with the pandemic, uh, a lot of colleges, I, well, extracurriculars were basically shut down over the last year or so, year and a half. And so the colleges have said, yeah, well, okay. So how did you grow during that time? So you couldn't go play a sport, you couldn't be in this club, but what did you do? And some of the most compelling stories the colleges heard were from the students. I really found out that I love to cook. And I now cook, I help cook every other meal for my family at our house at night. So it can be as simple as that, okay? It doesn't have to be brain surgery but make sure that you are using your time wisely and that you are making yourself better. All right. If you have participated in no extracurricular activities, move down three. All right, guys. So involvement, extracurricular activities. My 4.0 moved down, right? Yeah, sadly. Schools don't want one-dimensional students. Remember, they're looking for a community of learners, okay? People that are going to um, benefit the campus community in a variety of ways. So guys, we have a wonderful opportunity at All Saints. We don't have a very big campus, okay? Or student population. So there's a lot of different ways to get involved to prove your leadership, okay? So join that club. Figure out how to increase your leadership skills. Guys, you don't need a title to be a leader, okay? Some of the best leaders I know don't have a title. So bottom line, get involved, okay? Parents, we meet with the students two times every year, once in December, once in late April, early May. And in our uh, software program that we use for our students called SCORE, the students will track and continue to track their activities. So that as juniors, when we start to actually form their resume, they're not trying to recall what they did during their freshman or sophomore years. Okay? But students, get involved. All right, next up. All right, if you have participated in, an, in a significant community service project, move up one. No, 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 we're going, we're switching, go, go, go. Come on. Okay, guys, so community service. Um, I, I would say any more, it's pretty much expected from colleges that our students have served, and obviously to graduate from All Saints, a student has to serve. But I think the question is, is has the student gone above and beyond, right? So we require 60 hours. So a college is gonna see that on our school profile. Yes, All Saints requires 60 hours. Did that student find something that they were passionate enough about to then continue on above those 60 hours? Okay, and again, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be brain surgery. Maybe you have 
uh, volunteered your time at a local school and started a tutoring program at, at maybe at an, um, a, a school that doesn't have as many wonderful resources as we do. Okay, um, it doesn't, it, again, you don't have to go cure a disease or anything like that to serve. One of my favorite stories that I always tell, I had a student at my previous school, uh, Patrick McAfee, remember Patrick? Um, he, his father worked at Dell, and he was sitting in my office one day, and he didn't know what to do, and um, he loved computers. And he was working at a nursing home, volunteering at a nursing home, but he was going through the motions. Got his dad at Dell to donate some older computer models to the facility, and he started a program at that facility where he was teaching the folks at the retirement home internet skills, helping them sign up for email, how to surf and shop on the web, things like that. Colleges ate that up, and it really wasn't that big of a deal, okay? Um, but it was. Initiative, he went out, he got the resources, now yes, he had a connection there, but he made it happen, and then everything, from everything I heard, the program was great. I, mean, I wonder if it's still going, but um, you know, if you have a passion, find a way to put that to use in the community to serve others. All right. If you are an Eagle Scout, move up two spots. <laughs> All right. So. I think Eagle, Eagle Scout is more of, of a, an, just an example of time, commitment to something, okay? And so it is, it is something measurable. A, a school knows if, you got your, if you've received, you earned your Eagle Scout, you have done a lot of work. You've put a lot of time and commitment into something. And so again, that can be anything. It doesn't have to be Eagle Scout, right? But um, Schools will reward students for that dedication, time, and commitment to certain activities. All right. You got this, Mark? Okay. If you are a varsity athlete, move up two spots. And if you are a varsity athlete who took a second place at regionals in your sport, move up one more spot. So you guys, uh, so, so move down. Okay. down. Let me just put that one down. There we go. All right, have a seat, guys. Okay, so kind of going back to special talents, right? Um, it takes time to become good at something. And so that is, that is rewarded, whether it's Eagle Scout, being an athlete, playing a musical instrument, instrument acting, okay? That can look a lot of different ways. So, so students, again, go after something. A couple things I always like to talk about here. Number one, how many of you are familiar with Malcolm Gladwell? Okay, if you're not, he's one of my favorite authors. I love him. He does, he's written books like The Tipping Point, um, David and Goliath, uh, a couple others um, that are just fantastic. Um, the Bomber Mafia was his most recent book. But he also has a great podcast. And a while back, he, he talked about something he calls the 10,000-hour rule, okay? Takes 10,000 hours to become really, really good at something. And then, oh, I'm going to forget the book. I'll, I'll shout it out in a second. But this particular book in which he talks about the 10,000-hour rules, 
He talks about Bill Gates. He talks about the Beatles, okay, and talks about how they got to those 10,000 hours. And if you really add it up, guys, getting to 10,000 hours is really, really hard, okay? But again, if you want to be good at something, and I mean really good at something, you've got to work to go get it, okay? Um, there's a great YouTube clip. It's only like two or three minutes long. Um, I'll send it out tomorrow uh, in, when we send this, this information out to you guys uh, to click on and watch how, how he explains the 10,000-hour rule. Recently, I heard this quote, and I'm, I'm really upset that I hadn't heard this quote before, but it's a quote by Irma Bombeck. And she said, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. That just, I mean, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I absolutely love that. Um, the example I gave before this quote was uh, a movie. Anybody seen A Bronx Tale with Robert De Niro? Joe Pesci? Okay, older movie. Anyway, Robert De Niro plays the dad of a young boy and... Robert De Niro is a bus driver in the Bronx, and he always talks to his son about wasted talent, about how that's the, the worst thing in the whole world is wasted talent. Students, you guys are all talented in your own ways. Don't waste those talents, okay? Make sure we're using them to the fullest uh, power that God gave us. All right, gentlemen. If you got a D in an academic course at the end of your junior year, move down three spots. Okay, guys, so junior year grades, this, for, the, for most of the schools our students are applying to, junior year grades are the last grades these colleges are going to see. Okay, so our transcript, as you can see here, on your other handout, it's a copy of a fictitious student. Disregard the senior year, okay? Act like the senior year is not on there, and that's the transcript we send out to schools when our students apply in the fall of their senior year, okay? So it has the courses they are taking their senior year, but the only grades on the transcript are freshman, sophomore, junior year. So that junior year, becomes really important because it's the last opportunity for our students to make an impression on the colleges, okay? One of the other things the colleges will look at is what we call grade trends. So sophomores, let's say your freshman year didn't go as well as you wanted it to. Colleges will look at those grade trends and make sure that, hey, are you going on that right trajectory, okay? Are you going up? That's a good thing, okay? Or are you headed the other way? That's not a good thing, okay? So colleges will look for uh, certainly your GPA and the courses you're taking, but they will look at those, certainly look at those grade trends as well. Next up, if you came to the college information session and introduced yourself to the college representative, and in the case of the student who just got the D, explained the extenuating circumstances, move up one. All right, so demonstrated interest. Demonstrated interest, some schools, many schools will tell you it's, they don't factor it in, but I don't know how they can't. Colleges love to be wanted. We're recruiting all of these students, but hey, we wanna know that they want us as well, okay? And so you can show that, that interest by visiting the colleges, talking to the college reps when they come to visit All Saints, or going to information sessions if available, okay? So 
students get to know our college reps if you're given that opportunity. So when we say, hey, SMU is on our campus today, come say hi to the rep. Guys, take that five minutes and come say hi to the rep. Okay? It's going to get you in their database. They're going to start mailing you a whole bunch of stuff, um, but it gets you on their radar. Okay? It's not too early to visit colleges. So guys, when you guys are out on vacation and you drive past a college, drive through it. Go see it. Students, the more campuses you get your feet on, the more you're going to know what you really are looking for. Okay? There are a ton of virtual opportunities right now. So students, if you guys have a specific school you're really interested in, get on their admissions webpage. See what kind of virtual opportunities they have. Sit in on one. You don't have to go anywhere but the comforts of your own bedroom. Okay? So there's a lot of different ways the students can show demonstrated interest. And in this case, the student came in and talked to the college rep and said, hey, you know what? Last semester, my grandfather got ill. I'm one of the caregivers. That's why my grade was bad. Okay? So as a school, we appreciate that. Now we have context to why that grade was low, and, and we can go from there. Okay? So communicate and demonstrated interest. Communicate with the colleges, the college reps, and, and do that demonstrated interest. I like it. All right, if you are a legal resident of Idaho, move up three spots. Oh. <laughs> All right, how many families here have, uh, have anybody who they're related to in Idaho? Anybody? Yep, this is why. <laughs> so going back to the diversity comment earlier, colleges want all types, all types of diversity, including geographic diversity. So honestly, being from Texas really doesn't give us much of an edge, but being from East Texas does. Mm -hmm. And I've had, we've had student or uh, counselors tell us, you know, East Texas is, is different than Dallas or Houston or Austin, San Antonio, et cetera. And so we will encourage students, if they're going to write about geographic diversity, talk about the differences of East Texas compared to the rest of Texas. So we might have a little bit of an edge, but not necessarily huge, okay? So all types of diversity. Concrete example, though, sitting in an information session at Columbia University in New York City with a group of students. The college, uh, uh, the counselor came out, stood up, started her presentation with, is there anybody from South Dakota? Everybody looked around, like, that's odd. This is March, by the way. That's odd. Why do you ask? It's the only state they did not have an admitted student from. She was basically handing out an offer of admission to Columbia University to a student from South Dakota. So geographic diversity can play a factor. All right. If you, gave your if you gave your counselor any personal information for use in, wait, if you, sorry, this is, it's important. If you never, never, <laughs> never gave your counselor any personal information for use in writing your college recommendation, move down one. <laughs> All right, guys, so going back to kind of teacher recs, this, the counselor rec is the same way. Um, we do pretty much force your hand to get to know us at least a little bit. Um, but we love it when you show an interest, come down to the college office, sit down there, hang out with us. Um, we enjoy that. So um, it allows us 
to write a more detailed letter of recommendation. We love getting to know you guys at school in the activities that you do, but we will also, parents, in their junior year, we give them a, a self-reflection exercise to do. And students, I will tell you right now, it's not necessarily short. It's not gonna be something that you're just gonna sit down and crank out, okay? But it allows us, the answers they give to the questions we ask allows us to get, them to, get to know them on a deeper level, okay? So students, again, going back to what we said about the teachers, let us into your world as well. All right, last one. <clears throat> if your last name is Trump, the name of the college library is Trump, and it's not a coincidence, move all the way to the front of the line. <laughs> All right, so guys, so when I was writing the comments I wanted to make on this one, I just put things out of your control. The other eight applicants, guys, that's completely out of your control, isn't it? Right? So sometimes the most qualified applicant, they might not get in. It depends on the needs of the university, right? And we obviously, as a private, I'm assuming... I represent a private university today, but even a public school, we need our big donors, okay? And so, again, out of everybody else's control, 3.2, not the highest GPA, right? And really wasn't much movement. He is an Eagle Scout, legacy, obviously. So there's some things there, but GPA, eh, I don't know. But we need them, okay? And so there are some things that are out of all of our controls when it comes to this process. Going back to my experience at Butler, which I draw on often, it was late in the, in the process. We had admitted a lot of our class. Um, but for you sports fans out there, Butler, Butler typically has a pretty good basketball team. And our basketball coach came to us. At the time, it was Barry Collier. And he came into our office, shut the dean's door, left. Five minutes later, we were all in an admission committee meeting. And... Barry had given us a, just a wonderful athlete and a very questionable student, but he needed him because he can run really fast and jump really high and shoot really well. And we had to admit him, okay? It was part of our mission. And so again, for maybe a student who was technically more qualified as a student, they might've gotten bumped because again of university priorities. So there are some things, students, that are just out of our control, okay? But I will say this, in 20 years of doing this, this process has an absolutely amazing way of working out the way it is supposed to. So really, at the end of the day, what I, what I want you guys to do is just take a deep breath. Do the things that are in your control, and this process will work out. So some, just some closing thoughts on that. Things you can do that are in your control. Your academic fo focus and your exploration. Okay, you guys are still early in your academic careers at All Saints. Be open to all the things. You never know what kind of doors might open by taking that art class that you really just don't want to take. Okay? Your extracurricular involvement. Get involved. I'm not asking you to be involved in 30 things. I'm asking you to do two or three things. And as you find those things that really are, you're really passionate about, dive into those. Okay, your character, there's no question on that, right? 
Work on your character. That is something you can work on. Make good decisions. Manage your time wisely. And then lastly, I said, have some fun along the way. We still want you guys to have fun, right? You guys are still teenagers. Um, but control the things that are in your power to control. And the process that we help you with, this story that you're writing, has an amazing way of working out the way it's supposed to. Okay? So, student volunteers, thank you guys. Great you guys job. can go back and sit. Well done. Great impression. Okay, really quickly before we just take any questions you guys have and let you guys go for the evening, um, a message from our LEC, our Learning Enrichment Center. As freshmen and sophomores, if you guys, students, if you need accommodations, make sure that you guys are communicating with Emily Cummings in the LEC, okay? Um, to be qualified for accommodations on the SAT or the ACT, so the tests given, that includes the PSAT. The PSAT is given by the College Board, which is also the company that does the SAT. For a student to qualify for accommodations, they need to have been tested every three years, okay? So at the end of a third year, you have to get tested again, so it's an up-to-date uh, diagnostic test, okay? So if you have questions about that, I don't know that we've done as, as well as we can with that, but we want to make sure that you guys are talking to Emily Cummings in the LEC, okay? Um, the evaluations must come from a certified or a licensed educational diagnostician, uh, and again, that needs to be updated every three years to make sure that we're qualified for that, those accommodations on the SAT and the ACT, or AP tests, okay? So, with all of that, 45 minutes, not too bad. What did we... And that's the episode. Uh, there was a Q&A directly after, but I can confidently say that Miranda and Brian have answered all of the questions that were asked in previous episodes. They are pretty diligent in their work. With that being said, Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ASES College and uh, subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a little ding when uh, a new episode comes out. Have a great week and thanks for listening to My College Story live.